Hey Sheilas, Bron here. This week's episode of Good Sheilas is proudly brought to you by the lady startup Sisu. Sisu, spelt S-I-S-U, is a brand new gym in Brisbane that focuses on improving your fitness, your general well-being, and with a fully qualified physio on staff, they can help you get rid of those bastard injuries. Owners Agatha and Alex are 10 out of 10 legends who are contagiously positive, and coming from me, that's a big deal. If you mongrels are in Brisbane, check out Sisu Gym in Windsor, where you can get fitter, stronger, and spend some time laughing at me rolling around on the ground. Fun fact about Bron. When Bron was picking up Edie at four from daycare, the educators commented on how big Edie was growing and (laughs) Bron filled with pride. And Edie pressed herself up against Bron's buddy and yelled, yeah, I'm as tall as my mum's budger. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. Oh, and like some of the ladies were like, what's a fudger? Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, we're going to go. <laughs> like, how did that come about? Like, your kids calling vaginas fudgers. Like, did it, was it a mishearing? Or? No, this is, we just call them fudgers. I grew up calling them fudger. Come on, Claire, get with it. Yes, okay. You can't say vagina. I shall take a quick <laughs> break from this so I can go douche my fudger. <laughs> Thank you. Bad time. Bye-bye. Hello and welcome to Good Sheilas, the podcast that will turn your stomach and warm your heart as we reflect on what makes all of us tick. I'm Bron, a Brisbane comedian. And I'm Claire, a Melbourne human rights lawyer. And we're longtime friends, short-time mums and lifetime dickheads. Each episode we tackle something in the media as well as something in life that's kicked us in the guts. So strap yourselves in, mongrels, and get ready for Good Sheilas. Hey, mate. Hello, mate. How are Hi. you? I'm all right. How are you? That's good. I'm very well. I um I hear you went to a children's birthday party today. I did. It was actually a really, really cute one. You know how sometimes they're just agonizing and they go for 100 years? Well, this one had boost. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. Thank you, oh, that's Jesus. Good. So I had an 11 a.m. Yeah. beer, which was very, very soothing. And um, that our beautiful nice. friend's son turned five, and he's genuinely one of the nicest children I've ever met. And like my yeah, own he children, is a good one. he's really, really <laughs> no, I know you're ready to adopt yours out, aren't you? Oh, so free. Well, at least one. At least one. The old one can stay. Um, <laughs> there's this gorgeous myth about parenting, and it's that you're always going to like your kids, and also that you're not going to have a favorite. I don't like my youngest, and the older one is definitely my favorite. <laughs> Frida, like we've talked on the podcast before about Frida just being a bit of a loose unit. She's always been quite discontent and a little bit on the difficult side. And um, she's just gone like full bloody gangster in the last few weeks of being just really whiny, really clingy, really quite violent. Like we're getting lots of hitting, lots of biting, Lots but of... she's always been like this. Like she's uh, what two and a half almost, mm, or yeah, she's two whatever and a bit. two and a bit. And she like she's always been a massive dick. Yeah, like she she's always. <laughs> second she was born, 
and she was like, hey, guys, guess what? I'm ruining everything. We were like, that's cool. And I was like, can't wait to not be at Claire's house anymore. But she's always like she was a rubbish sleeper and she was really like really stern, like really stern all the time. Yeah. And um, like when you got a smile out of her, it was so nice. It wasn't that rare, but it was quite fleeting. Like it yeah, was it like, like a oh, you know, miracle. <laughs> as soon as it ended she was going to like you know slash your tires or something like she was always she was always planning to ruin something so she's always been tricky so why are you feeling she's particularly tricky right now uh, i think a couple of things have happened it's the um she's really really clingy which i know is it's normal separation anxiety and because she lives at two houses that's really understandable so she's super duper clingy and um doesn't want to be put down which is it's 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 the kind of thing that sounds really cute but when a child constantly wants to be on you yeah and whines if they're not you know it just it's really challenging and she stops sleeping so she fights sleep like a demon like putting her to bed is just a torture so i've had to start sleep training her which is just really oh. brutal it's true and i just feel it, yeah because she can stand up she, she can, can basically scissor kick she, over exactly, the car she can <laughs> and she can call my name like uh, like it's just claire. <laughs> yeah, like, claire marshall <laughs> I'm awake. It's I, I just I just feel this horrible mixture of just like a little bit of contempt and also just really guilty because like she didn't ask to be born. She didn't ask to be born with the personality she has. Like to just be a little bit discontent. And it's my job as a mother just to kind of ride this out and be calm and kind and all those things and I often yeah, but you I, are though yeah, you but, are being calm and kind you, do, you don't have to like you don't have to love every minute as no, if you can I don't. imagine loving every minute you'd have to have like you'd have to be a little bit I don't know something's not all there <laughs> if you were loving every minute that's true but I just you know it's oh. like watching a film in a different language yeah. you'd be like I totally get what this is about at the end <laughs> It was like some like sadistic thriller where the lady cuts her feet off and you're like, wow, I did not see that coming. I thought it was, I thought this was Disney. Like you, you can't, you, you, you have, if you are to truly understand and be present in your kid's life, there are going to be moments where you do not like them yeah. because no one's likable all the time. That's the thing. Everybody's annoying. And like, that's the thing that, you know, is, is difficult to, to kind of counter like and deal with as an adult. So um, yeah, I think it's a it's it's a really interesting myth, and I think our our parents, that generation, were really really firm on like, oh, I don't have a favorite. I love all my kids equally. I'm just gonna put it out. You guys are liars. You're <laughs> yeah. lying. You yeah. are lying through your teeth. You had a favorite. Yeah. Everyone has a favorite. Not that it's always going to be the same. Like, of course, it's going to swap around. But there's always going to be a child who is being a little bit kinder or a little bit more tolerable. And there's always going to be a child who's being a bit of a dick that day. So stop yeah. lying. Or just easier. <laughs> just easier. It doesn't even have to be like you're, you're the like you're actually unbearable right now. There's just always going to be one that's just a little bit easier. Yeah, exactly. Than the other one. So Olive, uh, or, Olive was a, ch- a challenging baby, mate. She was a challenging baby. Yeah, a bit of that. She was the bark. worst as well. Yeah, she she really hated her heaps of things. She cried so much. She was she like whilst Frida like didn't smile like she was like she had heaps more frowns and smiles. Uh, Frida's smile was just huge. Yeah, and you'd be like, was. wow, that was great. And it was, it was quite it was quite easy to get it from her when she was in a particular mood and so like I've got like Olive was able to we found a frame and I said to Olive yesterday you go find a photo in the stack of photos over there that we can put 
in um, and you can put the, this photo wherever you want. And she was like, okay. And she went went through them for, uh, for a while. She came back and it's a photo of me sitting at the pub with Frida on my lap and Frida's got this huge smile. And I was like, whoa, that it was a tiny baby with the biggest smile. I was like, wow, she really, really knew how to smile when she yeah. wanted to. So she was, so she did, it, it, her now smile was a like, cute reprieve. Yeah. yeah. But Olive didn't smile. Like yeah. there's this, we'll post, we'll post it on the, on Instagram of, of Stevie was the smiliest baby. And then next to her would be this cranky little Olive. <laughs> and it was quite funny at the time. Like it was quite exhausting because it's like, Christ, it would be nice if you smiled. But um, it was funny to make fun of her being the angriest man in the room. Yeah. And then, <laughs> um, but we've, and so I've told both the girls you know, you know, Edie, you were the easiest baby. Olive, you were so hard, you cried all the time. And I haven't actually, I'm like, it's so glad that you stopped crying. You're such a great kid now, thank God. But it's actually, she's, she can't disconnect her, herself from, from as a baby, as she, what she is now. So she's, and I haven't really thought, I didn't think it through. Oh, no. So she's like, so when she's feeling a little bit down and a bit sensitive, she was like, I'm really sorry I was a bad baby. Oh, I'm like, you. oh, mate, that's absolutely <laughs> fine. It wasn't your fault. It was Claire's. So I'm like, I don't, I, 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 I don't think that, you know, my mum always told me when I was little that I was the worst baby that she had because I cried the whole time. And I never felt like, up like bad about that because I was like oh well, it's baby maybe you could have picked me up I don't know but it was but Olive because she's a bit more sensitive than me she's like oh I'm I owe my mum something for being for ruining her life oh, <laughs> like oh no. no yeah it's a really like I think I, I now I, I, I guess thinking about it a little bit more I, I, I guess there's a bit of protection that comes in from you know not not kind of talking about whether your kids are difficult or who's the favorite like I would never, you know, once Frida is competent enough to understand concepts, like I would never say to her, like, uh, for most of your life, I liked your sister way better because that would be yeah. that would be a brutal, a damaging idea. thing to say, right? <laughs> and it's also not true. Um, yeah. But like, there's a, I guess there's a reason why it's a really kind and convenient fiction because, like, for some kids, the idea that you wouldn't, you know, that they were difficult and you didn't like them very much, it would be really gut-wrenching like it takes yeah. a lot of work to repair that and um yeah yeah you just it just totally depends on the kids so stevie and freda please never listen to this episode because you'll find out <laughs> about way. just what a terrible mum i am yeah but i was like i remember my sister who has had four kids which is incredible she um i remember feeling olive was when olive was really hard work and um uh, one of amy's kids turned three and Amy said, oh, I'm so upset that she's turned three because I've never met a three-year-old I've liked. And I was like, oh, my God, are we allowed to say that? And she was like, yeah, I've hated my kids when they're three. Like, they're so – well, maybe she didn't say hated, but she was like, they're so hard and it's not – it's not who they are. They're just like constantly pushing boundaries and constantly saying no and constantly breaking things and constantly making life really, really hard. And I was like, oh, and but because she'd had the, you know, she'd had, the, I don't know if you'd say privilege, but she'd, uh, <laughs> let's just go with that. She had the privilege of having so, so much experience with so many t- tiny children in such a short time that she was like, oh, three-year-olds are the worst people <laughs> in the world. And I'm allowed to say that about my kid because I've never met a three-year-old that I've liked. I'm like, okay, we are allowed to say that we don't 
Like our kids behind their backs. <laughs> it's not, I think it is, I think it's important as well just to give ourselves that, that you know, that, that bits are difficult and that, you know, that, that there are bits that you need help navigating. And this is the other kind of interconnected learning that I'm realising now is that I need to get way better at asking for help because I, I'm, yeah. I'm burning out. I'm burning out really quickly with work and with kind of the single parenting thing. And when so when, when um, food is difficult, I just don't have the... I don't have the the emotional energy to carry it. So, like, to be able to say to a friend, "Look, I'm really knackered and I'm really finding it hard to parent at my best ability. Can you take her for an hour just so I can have some rest?" That's really important. Like, yeah, totally. So it's and okay also, to I think shit. <laughs> yeah, it is. And you know what? It is also okay is if someone says their kids shit yes. and you're instead in your job in that moment. And this is what I found with this is my personal experience. When I said Olive was shit uh, when she was a tiny useless baby, and again, a lot of it was probably my fault because she was probably hungry and all of the things that I was doing wrong, but she was a very like serious, cranky baby, yeah. and it was really hard, and I would just say to people, like, this is, she's so hard, and this is, I'm having the worst I'm having the worst time with her. She's yeah. definitely not my best mate. I've definitely met better kids than her. Again, this is when she was a tiny baby and couldn't hear me. You couldn't understand me. But I would hate when people said to me, she's not hard. She's beautiful. I'm like, yeah. are you like, absolutely... Don't invalidate me. Don't invalidate yeah. my experience. And don't invalidate my cry for help as well. Yeah. I'm like, could you just, like, pick her up? Could you take her for a bit? But, like, and the other thing, like, you know, so I remember mum would say to me, she's not hard, Bronnie. Come on. Like, just because she was standing up for her and she wanted to try and make me feel better because maybe she thought that I was saying saying have I just made a bad baby and mum was saying she's not a bad baby so I understand what she was doing but I hated it I was like can't you just say that my baby's a bit of a dickhead right now because she is that's why when you say oh Frida's being a dick I'm like yeah she is yeah it's so it's so nice and you're right it is like it is it is really difficult people like oh she's just two or she's just one or she's just a newborn or whatever and they're like I know that like you just need to do this you just need to do this and like yeah look I really appreciate it but also don't you think I've tried that and don't you think I've tried everything and don't you think I'm just saying this because I'm at my wit's end like yeah. It's just, it's just I, so much guilt and so much like perf- like you have to be so performative to do this, to do particularly motherhood properly. And when you silence somebody's experience by not allowing them a moment of being like, I'm really finding this difficult, it's actually pretty damaging. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm never going to say that again because I'm just going to get someone's going to like tilt their head and give me advice yeah. about a baby that's not mine. Like, you know, like that you're talking about advice for your kid. That is not advice for my kid because our kids are very different. Yeah. Your kid sleeps through the night. My kid apparently is an ice addict. Like <laughs> I don't know why we're trying to compare them. It is So for those listening, if someone complains about their, their kid, don't tell them that their kid's Just amazing. Just tell them their kid's a dumb shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, little Asher is a dumb shit. Yeah, I've always thought it. <laughs> and you're a I shit mum. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, this is education. Yeah, exactly. You're <laughs> welcome. So in the news, in the news this week, and we have we 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 tried to commit to giving a quick synopsis of the episode at the beginning of every episode, and we failed, Bowman. But I'm just I gonna, can't even remember that. I, I can't even remember my name. Um, <laughs> Where's Frida? So this week we're talking about difficult kids. We're talking about celebrity surrogacies. So. Is it okay? And what should we be thinking about it? And then we're talking about parenting and friendships. What happens when your mate is a different parent to you? But Mm-mm. to kick us off, Bronwyn, tell me about Kim and Kanye. 
I will, I will, I will. So when we were um, talking about what we would talk about in this episode, there was obviously there's the shitstorm that's happening in America right now. America is broken. It is done. Chuck it in the bin. It's all gone to the dogs. Democracy um, is dead. Yeah, so that place is the worst. And so we thought we don't really want to add any more fuel to that because well, everyone's sick to death of hearing about Trump. I don't want to hear him. I don't want to talk about him anymore. He, anymore! He's I'm not going like, Yeah, so I don't want, I don't want to, we didn't want to talk about that. We also didn't want to talk about COVID anymore because, yeah. again, I'm finished. I've cured it. And uh, then we thought Kim and Kanye, they're in the news lots at the moment because there's like speculation that they're going to get a divorce. We didn't want to talk about that because we don't care. And the thing that I remember about Kim Kardashian, the only thing that I found I found interesting about her is um, that she has had four kids. She has four kids. Her and Kanye have four children. And two of them she grew in her own womb and two of them they paid for a difference, two different women to be the surrogates. And... I'm interested about this because people have a lot of opinions on this and I don't necessarily know what mine is, but I know it's probably um, more on her side than, than maybe on that like earth mama, you can't, you have to experience this. So Claire, tell me what is, um, or who are some celebrities that have done this? So we've seen lots of um, g- uh, gay and queer and LGBTQI uh, couples have um, have babies, including straight ones. I'm um, sorry, single ones, not straight ones, including. Well, if you <laughs> want some guys. advice on inclusivity, <laughs> come to me. Trying so hard to get it right, and I got it very wrong. Oh, um, so which straight gays have had <laughs> I meant to surrogates? Say, I meant to say single. So Anderson Cooper is one, as one one amazing um, gay man who's had a um, had a baby by surrogate, and Elton John and Ricky Martin have as well. But we've also seen lots of um, heterosexual or or um, straight identifying um, celebrity couples do it too. So Lucy Liu, Sarah Jessica Parker, Nicole Kidman, Tara Banks, and her twin sister Elizabeth Banks, who is not her <laughs> twin sister, and Ellen Pompeo have all had babies by surrogate. But what, what have what, what have we found is a consistent link with um, with with straight identifying women and um, and surrogacy, Bron? What have mm, we found? So- I have found this. So no, obviously, no one's asking gay couples why they're going through surrogate. But obvi- the, but the papers are asking the hetero people why are you going? Why are you opting for a surrogate? And I feel cranky that they answer the question. I really wish it would give more, um, I guess, more dignity or uh, more space if they just said, actually, that's none of your business. I'd prefer oh, maybe to not the talk to you about it. Maybe the papers just shouldn't fucking ask. Yeah. Like, like, oh, it's actually, like, why would this be? And then every when? single one of these women have said, these hetero women have said, I, we've ha- I've had a health issue or I, you know. You tried um, and tried and tried. Tried, you know, we, it's not like we try, we didn't try to do this. We've IVF issues, infertility, IVF, all of this stuff. We have, like, we have given it our all and it's just not working. And so we've had to go down this last last resort of getting paying an enormous amount of money for a surrogate. Mm. And it is not until then that the papers kind of, the papers still talking about it, mm. but it's not until then that the papers like, all right, thanks, thanks for finally answering that question. That's not about we'll, we'll allow it. We'll yeah. allow you to proceed. <laughs> yeah, you can keep it now. <laughs> and I'm absolutely basically. So why Kim stands out to be different is that she has had, um, she had two babies before she had two surrogates, mm. uh, employed a surrogate, yeah. two surrogates yeah. for this. So 
why people got cranky about this, and I'm I say cranky because I mean cranky. People were actually upset about her decision to go with a surrogate. Is because it her, it looks like her body is capable of mm. having a baby. So how people read this was, how dare you skip that process yeah. and pay someone when you uh, your body is capable of doing this? And I'm like, how? Uh, so I'm just, I'm curious as uh, to why th- that would be different to maybe someone who just couldn't do it in the first place. So the the really interesting narratives like uh, online were there, there were two, right? The, the, and I'll, I'll touch quickly on the the less loud one. People criticised her for first of all for using her money to avoid something that was really fundamentally human which we'll unpack and disagree with later but um and also for exploiting other women by paying for surrogacy and we'll unpack why the surrogacy is problematic in this way because it is it can be quite exploitative for vulnerable women but the biggest and most fascinating criticism was that that it she was doing it out of vanity she was doing it because she didn't want to you know put on pregnancy weight or get stretch marks and so many loud people on twitter were calling her out saying kim you are you, you're doing this you're doing this wrong and you're doing it for the wrong reasons like can i hey bronwyn can i can i read out one particular tweet which really i would love got, that which really, i'm amazed you can read i, I can you. thank you so much <laughs> vanessa hamilton um kim kardashian is just vain she ain't got no issues that's why she did it on the show it's just an act um, cause, uh, here's another one. So Kim is getting a surrogate because she wants to keep her body, not for health reasons. So people were all saying that she was faking it just because she didn't want to gain weight. Cause Kim, she did say after her second baby, even though she, she was very public about how, how horrible pregnancy was for her. Um, well, for whatever reason, you can just have a horrible time in pregnancy because you don't like it. Yeah. It doesn't have to be because my, my both my ankles broke and I, you know, m- my labia's folded out, like or something. I don't know what happens in pregnancy, mm. or like you know, like <laughs> your next mm, bird on your third. <laughs> My labia is growing a baby. <laughs> no, but this, they like, like is the head. <laughs> you're disgusting, Bronco. I'm you so upset <laughs> about your own fudger. But it, so there's there's so many things that are, are like particularly uncomfortable in pregnancy. Why can't it just be because you don't like it? Yeah. Like it's it's like you're you aren't like you aren't like you have very little control over your entire body for and mind yeah for 10 um for 10 months like i know they say nine but it is not nine and it is like so why why does this have to be the way that you get a baby why can't kim kardashian just say and this is the thing like she might have had health reasons but i but if she didn't if it was just because she hated it so much isn't that reason enough and you've got the money and to give to someone to be like can you just do this because i don't i really genuinely hated it I, Why yeah, is that different it's, it's, it to be, all the other be, services? It should be completely, completely acceptable. My only, my only concern with it, I suppose, and is that it's only available to the very, very wealthy, and then it yeah. tends to tends to exploit um, people. So, in in Australia, um, surrogacy is only legal if it if it's at, at it's a goodwill surrogacy. So they're called altruistic surrogacies. So somebody can help you out with the cost of medical care and and so on. So as as kind of a form of compensating you from you know from any money loss, but you can't profit from it. 
And no. the, the rationale behind this is that if you if you make it something that you can you can make money from, you're going to exploit people who are probably really vulnerable to it. In America, though, it's legal, and in countries countries like India, it's rife. So wealthy people pay poor, and it is it is overwhelmingly poorer women to carry babies for them and often it comes with a series of really really quite limiting rules about what a woman can do what she can eat how she can move who she can see and um often results in if there's a miscarriage or you know um a, a, like a, a birth defect or, or something like that with the woman being left with this baby and not being paid the money that she's owed because she invalidated the contract so it is it is a system that exploits women and poor women yeah and there's been more that more laws that have come in that it says in india it's only available for indian residents but again that's like i don't know how they're actually going about that and they're um like i guess the um the class the class dynamic in india would be obviously working in favor of the rich people there but so many of these the countries i know that mexico's um mexico's pretty uh fine with it there seems to be not that many rules around it in america there um i'm sure there's heaps of laws around it but they they offer it to gay and heterosexual foreigners even though it is so expensive in america Mm. i think it's something like 160 thousand us dollars at like if you add up all of the fees is mm. um is what someone would have to pay that but doesn't necessarily that doesn't mean go it goes to the, to the woman. woman exactly no. it goes to this it goes to the organization that organizes the surrogacy and monitors yeah. it and like it's kind of the conduit so so Brian, how much did um kim kardashian surrogate get paid well, i'm getting so many different things on the internet and the internet never lies so no. that's why i'm confused so she got paid many many different dollars over one time one thing it says forty-five thousand us but i feel like that would be enormously low incorrect. oh my god yeah there has nothing. to be way more it has to be surely i mean that maybe this is the troubling thing if it was 45k it's not surprising right like think about how much we value women's bodies and how much you know how much we we we, we underpay or don't pay women for their labor particularly you know their physical labor so the idea that it would be 45k to carry a child like that would that sort of what the value would be is actually not that surprising to me no no well and but in a in America, it's uh, whilst the fees are quite high. In Ukraine, it's so shit. So, in um, so in USA, the IVF costs are thirty thousand. The surrogacy is sixty eight thousand, and then other costs, whatever that means. I guess other medical bills is thirty thousand. Ukraine, mm. IVF is eight thousand five hundred. Surrogacy is twenty six thousand, and then if you want a local egg donor, it's five thousand. It's the price difference in these two countries is so huge and i mean the cost of living would account for some of it but definitely not all of it no ukraine is not a great place for human rights it turns (laughs) out especially for women so there's there's like uh, all so many different rules around so many different countries but the one thing that i'm noticing heaps is that almost every single country that kind of offers this it's just they only offer it to heterosexual couples the only one that i can see is the usa who help out gay couples Mm. um and it doesn't say anything about mexico um so but the rest of them are, are just saying um Oh, Laos. Laos is saying that they uh, like there's, but there's no legal protection there. Laos is like eat the loosest I can find, yeah. where it's like they're like, oh, just anyone. Our women are, our women are ready to go. Jeez. So, 
look, I, I can see why it's there. I, can, I love the idea of surrogacy. I remember when my thinking when my sister couldn't have a baby, this is before I understood how shit pregnancy was. I was like, I will do that for you. Like, you definitely deserve to be a mother. It's nine months of my life. What's the big, like, then it's giving someone the biggest, the greatest gift of all is the baby. And, but, I, like, thank and God. And she that gets freed up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So sorry. What did she give it back? <laughs> That's Just, a great life. I, I don't want that. <laughs> oh God! Would you skip pregnancy? I mean, you're you're yeah. you're in deep, so mate. There's no there's yeah. no out on this. But would you skip it if you had enough money, mate? Uh, it's a great question, and I have thought about this a bit, and I I don't think I would, but that is only because I was only sick. I was only really sick for the first. Um, trimester so this is a this this pregnancy that I'm in in uh, balls deep in now is I was sick up until 16 weeks and that was like really horribly sick not vomiting but just like almost the whole day almost vomiting and just like crying it's really weak really tired just gray just in this gray cloud the whole time it was just I was miserable I was so miserable and I hated if I had to do 40 weeks of that I don't I would I would definitely and if I had enough money I would skip it Mm. you Claire have had a very different experience to pregnancy than what I have because you are lucky enough to be sick for the entire 40 weeks or 42 weeks I mean it does it does get a little bit better after about Oh God, 20 weeks. Like the, the vomiting becomes like, I know when it's going to happen during the day. So I can kind of plan around it. But, um, but yeah, like the relentless, the relentless vomiting, particularly the first 20 weeks is beautiful. And just vomiting for fucking that long. is just not very fun. It's just not a fun party yet. Like I just, no. get, and try, you know, trying to be positive and, you know, it's, it's very, very difficult when you're that unwell. And tell me some of the tips that you had to, that you figured were useful during oh, your pregnancy. Like how did you, God. what did you have to carry around with you? Um, Ziploc bags. So I had to carry them around <laughs> all the time because I just needed to vomit constantly and, and often wildly. So I just had them in my handbag. So I vomited in Ziploc bags, like in the aisles of the supermarket, <laughs> on the tram, like on the, like everywhere. Like, and I just had to carry around a Ziploc bag of vomit before I found oh a beer. Oh God. Like I used to set, set my alarm for like 4.30 and, um, without moving like eat uh like some food and uh, and take my zofran because it like which is on gensotron it's like a medication for hyperemesis um because if i didn't do that like i'd vomit for like the first hour of waking up and oh my god i, I love I that you had to do them, that without moving <laughs> I can't, well, if i moved i'd vomit so if i if i did it and i like sometimes most of the time i could go back to sleep and then when i woke up i might vomit just a couple of times rather than just... it was just brutal it was really brutal and i look back and i'm like yeah. how did i do that like, how did know. you do that and but why would, would you do, do that? that? Yeah, but you know, the, this is the funny thing. I, like, I do want another baby. I don't feel like I'm finished. I, I do want another baby, and whether that's with a partner or whether it's something I do on my own, you know, it's just going to be whatever the future plays out. But, um, mm. but like, would I pay for a surrogate when my pregnancy is had... so difficult? I, you know what? What's weird, Bron? I don't think I would. I think In- I do. It. That is amazing to me. And the reason is because, like, you know, I think 
despite how hard my pregnancies are, the connection that I felt grow with a tiny thing moving in me was really beautiful. And I want to, like, the experience of labour is, like, an incredible thing as well. That, that doesn't mean that, like, you have to actually carry and give birth to a baby to be a parent. That's abundantly untrue. But for me, like, even if money wasn't, you know, was, was no, like, no factor, I don't think I, I don't think I would. Because I, I, the other yeah. thing is I don't, I, I don't know how I would ever properly compensate or kind of thank another woman for carrying a baby for me. Like, I just... Uh. I think a box of roses chocolates is enough. Yes, probably. But you're right. Del- some of them okay. are delicious. <laughs> do you it. have to do it for free, but I will give you chocolates. Say <laughs> <laughs> so I to a pregnant woman, she'll do anything. Exactly. No, there is I I think um the sure the, the kicking in the connection is really lovely. I also didn't hate labour. So that part I'm happy with, but I don't I think I think that nine months like I've been pregnant for four hundred years so far. Yeah, at least just since so fucking low, bro. And I feel like you've been pregnant for years. It has been so long. I can't. I cannot tell you. I found out I was pregnant with this baby on the fourth of August. It's now the ninth of January or something. That is at least three hundred and sixty. At months. least, at least that. I still. I, re- I like. I remember. I remember the day that you told me. You were like, we were. We were. We at the time we were like playing around. We're doing memes on the Good Chillers Instagram, and we were down the creek. And this was like a really terrifying time of COVID, where you couldn't do fucking anything. So even meeting a friend outside. Um, was like you felt like you were robbing a bank and um, <laughs> so we were down the creek and it was really cold and I was really nervous and at the time like um, police on horses were like monitoring yes! the creek there's these giant <laughs> horses like you just be on a walk and there's a police and a horse like what are you doing it was like oh my god this is terrifying um, I'm looking and- at memes it's essential work <laughs> exactly um, <laughs> very sick I need memes um, and, um, and you were like showing me your phone you're like what do you think about this meme and I was like oh you know it's, it's fairly funny well, yeah what else have you got and then and then you swiped the next one and it was a positive pregnancy test and I was like this isn't funny have you forgotten to write a to write like a, 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 a thing like there's no words on it there's no caption you and you were like look closer and I'm like I'm looking and there's no caption Bron and you were like it's mine I'm like yeah but whatever like where's the it's caption? a terrible like, meme oh Bron. my god <laughs> It took me so long to like fat like yeah, ages. that feels like a hundred gajillion years ago. It you was. have been pregnant forever. You're an forever. <laughs> so I do I, I think that people underestimate when people say it's just nine months. Like it's that is such a it's like saying it's like saying to someone, Labour's just one day. And it's like, well, actually, it's a really hard day and it's not just a day. It's a very different day. And every single minute of that day is really hard. And some of those minutes take a really long time to get through because your body is turning inside out. So when you say to someone it's just nine months, it's who hates pregnancy. It's not just nine months. It's nine months of like a really hard time. And I hate pregnancy, but I don't hate it as much as I would if I was sick the whole time, I would. You don't hate it as much as Frida. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Frida hates my pregnancy. But I'd, I, I, if I was, if I was your level of sickness the whole way through, I would. I, and and I was super rich. Maybe I would. I I I, can't, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't do the sickness for that long. I know that like one of my mates up here in Brisbane, Jen, she's had two pregnancies and one of the pregnancies was twins, and she gets just Ugh. as sick as you do. And so she, I don't even know. 
how she managed to be pregnant with twin, like twins. Twins. How would how did she do it? And I remember her saying that she would wear those like those scarves, you know, those really lightweight scarves. Mm. And and when she got caught, um, you know, un, not ready to vomit, she would have to lift her scarf above her face and just vomit into her scarf. And then take her scarf off and act like it was everything was fine. I'm like, and that's how she functioned for nine months. So when you say it's just nine months, and nine months is vomiting into your own scarf, it's uh, like it's a very different take on nine months, it is isn't it, very Claire? Different. I remember um, sending you guys a photo of um, of <laughs> it was such an in which it was such a weird photo to send. I did a vomit like I think it was the day <laughs> I was being induced, maybe because you and I, you and like Bron was Bron Bron. Bron, Who's I'm that? talking to Bron. Hello, Bron. <laughs> Sounds like a fat bitch. Bron, my friend Bron, um, was, uh, was 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 my doula at the pregnancy. I yes. Just, you've had enough grade from friend to doula. Um, and, um, my dream. And, and um, I don't know why I'm telling this detail, but um, I sent, sent um, we had a group chat at the time with um, with both of our little families, and I sent, um, I vomited in the street, and I was like, Wally, we have to take a photo. This might be my last vomit. Spoiler oh alert, it wasn't. And I think I, <laughs> Like I had like it, like um like tears pouring down my face from the vomiting, and I was like, and I sent a five. I got Wally to take a photo of me like pointing at the vomit like with a thumbs up. Like I'm, I'm like, why the why did I do that? It's a no, really that makes weird sense to, to me. Do. That makes sense to me because you like you're like I need I need to find where the full stop is, and the full stop in your situation, or that's how I would feel, would not be the baby. It would be the end of the vomit. Oh god, that was the full stop. Yeah, and then I got the it- most beautiful, reasonable child in the world for all of my efforts. <laughs> Merry Christmas. It's not fair. It is it's not, not fair. fair. It is not. Maybe I did something really, really evil in a past life. I don't know. But Frida is a dead set mole. Yes, she is. I wonder if she'll become a surrogate. I pay so a surrogate what... to carry her now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're still carrying her. Maybe you should vomit on her. That would definitely make her maybe think twice about wanting to cling to you. I definitely didn't want to cling to you whilst I was your doula, vomiting all over the birthing suite. Did I vomit when I was in labour? I didn't. Yeah. Did yeah, I? you did. Of course did you I? did, Claire. That's all you oh. did. It was your, favorite, it was your best party trick. I was like, oh. here we go again. I don't, I don't remember vomiting when I was in labour. There you go. There you go. What a, what a memory. I just remember <laughs> I was very delicate and everything was beautiful. And what? then when I also remember when I felt her head, I jumped up and I was like, I'm going to do it, poo! And everyone yeah. was like, no, the baby's coming. <laughs> yeah, you idiot. Stop vomiting for one minute. Stop vomiting and pooing. Uh, so, when we have grown up together as parents from being tiny children of 27 to old ladies of 34. Oh. So, <laughs> it's been almost seven years of being mums together. And we're, I think we're quite fortunate in that we have very similar, like we, do, we, do, we differ on some things. We have very similar approaches to parenting. We laugh at ourselves a lot. We laugh at our children a lot. We just laugh. We cope by laughing. Yeah. But what happens when your friend is a different parent to you? Tell me yeah. a story, Bronwyn. Oh, uh, I don't know if I could find a story because it will incriminate me, but how I can think of like, I, but I want, I, I'm just thinking about like how, how interesting it is. You can be the exact, you know, you can grow up with someone or you know spend a significant amount of years being someone's mate and then you both become parents Mm -hmm. and then you could not be any more different if you tried and so and and what that does to a friendship and I know that I've spoken to a number of people about this not necessarily just women a number of people who've who've been like wow I really didn't expect 
them to be like this as a parent mm. and some of it comes down to um the, the things that are, are different i remember uh before lucas and i had kids i remember one of his mates had a kid um and he said uh oh they always do what the kid wants them to do like at one stage they had to go for a, they had to drive and they had to time the drive around the kids sleep and that's mm. crazy and i was like oh and I, th- I didn't think it was as crazy as he did, but he was like, if you've got to be somewhere, you've got to be somewhere. It doesn't, the kid can sleep when you get there. And what a fucking dumb shit thing to say. Now that we've got, now that you have kids, kids, it's like, like, oh, of course. Yeah. Why wouldn't yeah, you do that? Yeah. I will never drive <laughs> if it affects their sleep. Like exactly. I will, I will torch my car before it interrupts their day nap. Like, like so, the, so having people, people having kids and being mates with people who don't have kids sometimes there's tension there but the thing that i find really interesting is when people when two people two uh, friendships or a friendship both experiences two different types of parenting and what that does to it and it can be quite complicated i think it is really complicated i think it can be really divisive particularly when it comes to the really sensitive things i mean the sensitive things are um the way you give birth um oh, yeah. sleep is really sensitive discipline is really sensitive um, vaccination vaccination which is uh, we're very clear on this we are very pro-science on this podcast mm-hmm. um and it just it just goes on and this is just what we've encountered i mean with tiny kids and like i'm sure those the things will be proliferate like already like we i'm having conversations with, with other mums at primary school about when do you give your kid a phone when do you allow them to yeah. have instagram and social media when do you allow them to go on a walk by themselves i'm like we're oh free to to <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Off you go, Frida. See ya. Um, but like it's a these, and, and it's it's really interesting because when when you parent, when when you're parenting, it is so personal that when somebody does something different from you, it's really hard to just treat it as that. You often feel like it's a kind of it is a comment on your own parenting, even when rationally you know it's not. Yeah. Especially when it's around something really sensitive. So. I've gotten way better as I've gotten older, just accepting different strokes of different folks. But particularly when my baby's really tiny, and I and 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 people are like, oh well, I do this, so you should be doing this. Like this works really hard, well for me. I'd often be like, oh, like that's a real, it's a real blow, it's a real kick in the guts. And I think that might drive some of that divide. Yeah, I do. Th- I remember this one one moment. I remember it very vividly. Is when because I slept train, I did sleep training for both my kids, and I will do it again. With a third, it's something that's really important to me to get that routine down, and that's completely different to what you do. This is one of the things that we were different about. You were happy to not do a routine. You were happy to to, um, hold your baby forever and um, not listen to them cry and stuff, and I just couldn't do that. I was like, they just got to work it out really quickly, and then I I need to have some normalcy or some predictability in my life, whereas you you seem to function without that. And so I did sleep training, and you didn't, and I remember when Frida was a real dick, sleeper at the start I was like you've got to I think you really should do sleep training and you were like oh I don't know if I could and I remember it being really like you know like my nerves being feeling quite exposed because this is a real this is a huge divisive thing uh, uh sleep training to sleep train or to not you know they, it, are you are you willing to let your baby cry or are you do you want to give it a cuddle it's like of course I want to give it a cuddle but I really just need to sleep for the first time in my life mm. and so I remember you saying you tried sleep training with Frida I think you did it for one day and then you were like 
actually, I'm never, I'm not doing it. It feels too cruel. She's too little. And all of the things that validated your reasoning came out of your mouth because you were really tired and you were like, these are the reasons why I'm not doing it. And you said all the things that I had to have in my head whilst I was sleep training my kids where I was like, these are the things that other people are saying and I had to combat all of those things being like, but this is temporary and she's learning and I will get through this and I Mm. need this. So remember when you were saying them, it felt like each and everything was just like like punching me right in the guts because I was like, oh, this is Claire talking about how my my decisions were not the right decisions for my kids. And Mm. obviously you weren't doing that, but it was – but that's how I heard it that's, because that's it's so still interesting because uh, we because I'm I'm remembering that time as well and um I remember like at the t- like he said it quite often to me like you need to sleep training you need to sleep training and I, I like just like my decision was that I was going to try other ways with her and I think yeah. she was like she was quite sick in utero and like you know, it was a bit like you know at the end of her pregnancy it got a bit scary with her not moving and and so and she was so tiny and I just felt really like it like I was really anxious about her like I remember like just being really worried that she was going to die like she's going to die of seeds that she's going to die of anything and just needing like needing to like just have her close to me was really important like I baby I wore her all the time like it was just a I just needed to know that she was okay Mm. even though she was so so angry and I remember like you you said it you said it to me a lot and you it often you were often quite frustrated with me like because you're like just do it just do it you have to sleep trainer I'm like oh I just don't I don't want to I just don't want to and like having to justify a different approach but it was because it was something we both were feeling so intensely and so personally rather than like and I felt like you were saying that I was doing it wrong that if I was just strong enough to do the right thing by my baby that I would that I would um have a much better time like he like I felt like he was saying well you know this is your fault you could just sleep train and then you would have this you wouldn't be a problem and Mm -hmm. and it's really because that was wasn't what you were saying either no it's just just projecting yeah we're just projecting yeah yeah exactly and so and so the this so you can see I mean you know obviously we navigated it and trade is huge now and the, the irony is I've just started sleep training it now too <laughs> but um but and and look I'm I, you know, I don't regret like we had a really good no, stretch yeah. of her being a really really good sleeper so I'm really grateful for you know for her for for you know that that little stretch um but like you can see how these things can blow out and kind of ruin friendships I mean I've had some really intense moments with friends where where we have divided on our parenting and it has kind of created um created barriers between us like and some you know that that we've always gotten over as our kids have gotten bigger but in the moment it just feels so hurtful when somebody's like oh I do this differently to you yeah or like you know you know like you're like oh, I'll give um you know you give your kids something that's got sugar in it and then someone will be like oh no no my kid won't have that yeah yeah like I'm we're not with they still haven't had sugar they're not having having sugar to the two and meanwhile yeah. like newborn Freda is like eating a fucking soft set <laughs> from McDonald's I'm like what <laughs> loves it <laughs> I just and everyone takes it to heart it's like, they do. like a personal attack what it, what is really just an individual decision is a personal attack because we're all so bloody tired and sensitive and our kids are so shit <laughs> yeah so I reckon I reckon that we just so sometimes friendships can't they will not survive different parenting yeah and sometimes they will okay. and sometimes they won't and that's okay it's just like okay I can't be I, I don't feel comfortable being a but making my decisions around your decisions they just they, they contrast too much and that's okay but also I think that some of our reactions 
And just like what we've just said now, you like we've of, never talked about that. No, like that's the first no, time we've talked about it because it was so sensitive. Yeah, I remember being like really hurt. Like I remember feeling like my skin was on fire when you were saying it. I was like, oh my god. Claire, think about my experience. Like, can you not think? But of course, you weren't thinking about that. You were thinking about your experience because you were thinking about my experience because I was exactly exhausted. So maybe our reactions to people's different parenting, or maybe our like, you know, someone saying my kid doesn't eat sugar, our instant reaction is, "Oh, you're telling me that I'm making a bad decision by giving my kid super dupers." Yeah. Um, where it's not actually about that at all. It's just about someone making a decision that's different to yours. And when it's something, when it comes down, when it comes to parenting, it's so sensitive anyway. You're yeah. always terrified you're doing the wrong thing. You're always terrified you're going to get a Frida. And then you're just like, <laughs> and then oh. you get one and everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> everything's great. Yeah. And then you just think, oh, well, I, I think you just have to, and this is, comes with time. And this yeah. comes with also with us spending almost two years of not talking about it. And then finally being like, hey, remember that time you said that? That, was, that made me feel like shit. And you being like, oh, wow, because you made me feel like shit a million times. Like, oh, yeah, sorry about <laughs> it's that. Just, it's just like, and that's, you just accept it because people really, really, if ever, intend to hurt you. Like, it's yeah. just very, like, I, I can remember, like, a handful of times in my life where I've said something deliberately to hurt someone. Often it's just, it's, it's usually just somebody reflecting on their own life. Like, it's just often incidental or accidental. Mm. Uh, if only we had that perspective at the time, in the moment, especially when you're tired. Yeah, oh God. You're like, they're not tired. talking about you. They're talking about themselves because yeah. that's all we ever do. That's all we ever do. Welcome it's to not our all podcast. about you, Bron. <laughs> Bron and Claire, this isn't the Bron and Claire show. Except it is, oh, and it it's called Good Chillers. you listening, this is about us. <laughs> la, 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 we're going to just sing. <laughs> And you gotta listen, cause you turned it on. And uh, everybody just turned it off. <laughs> I would, Subscribe I would. Planet. <laughs> oh goodness! All right, we covered a lot. This we've covered a lot yeah, this episode. We, we have. have. We um, I think the with around the surrogate. The one more thing I want to say about that is this is another way for people to comment on what women are allowed to and not Definitely. allowed to do with their bodies. It is, um, I think that, that people need to stop researching why someone is a surrogate or why someone has employed a surrogate. It is just what they wanted to do Get and to people the media, are allowed. Just stop asking. Like, just don't ask they're listening. basic questions. You stop the media. No, you're <laughs> listening. Stop it. Just stop. <laughs> just stop. um it is yeah so it's about it's all about like just maybe thinking reflecting on why you're thinking the things that you're thinking about someone else's body and also when it comes to parenting um no one gives a shit what you're actually doing no one actually cares honestly no one knows where Frida is. No Who one's knows? seen her. Who could say? She's going for a walk with her phone. <laughs> with her on Instagram. She's on Insta. She's posting <laughs> on her stories. <laughs> what do the kids do now? Is it Snapchat or is it something different? She's oh, on Snapchat. She's TikTok. Snapchat. Oh, she's TikToking. She TikTok. <laughs> All right. All right, Claire. It's been lovely to talk it to has you. It's been right. Happy, happy, happy day. Happy Goodbye. New Year. <laughs>